when things seem off kilter in our world, I often turn to the prophets for comfort and guidance. This month, as we continue to worship from our homes instead of gathering on the church's campus, we've wrestled with this theme of still church. How are we still the church even when we're not gathered in this space? This morning, I feel like the words of the prophet Ezekiel are so timely for us as a scattered church to help us remember that even now, we are still church. Ezekiel was writing to a devastated people of God. Jerusalem had been destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar, and many of the tribes of Israel were scattered throughout the lands. I imagine they felt such hopelessness. They wondered if they were ever going to return to the place they loved if they would ever worship together again in that holy city. These people were struggling. And it was to those who were feeling devastation that God sent a message through the prophet. Listen now for a word from the Lord, found in Ezekiel 37, verses 15 through 28. The word of the Lord came to me, Mortal, take a stick and write on it for Judah and the Israelites associated with it. And then take another stick and write on it for Joseph, the stick of Ephraim, and all the house of Israel associated with it. And join them together into one stick so that they may become one in your hand. And when your people say to you, will you not show us what you mean by these? Say to them, thus says the Lord, I am about to take the stick of Joseph, which was in the hand of Ephraim, and the tribe of Israel associated with it, and I will put the stick of Judah upon it and make them one stick in order that they may be one In my hand. When the sticks on which you have written are in your hand before their eyes, then say to them, Thus says the Lord God, I will take the people of Israel from the nations, from among which they have gone, and I will gather them from every quarter and bring them to their own land. I will make them one nation in the land, on the mountains of Israel. And one king shall be the king over all of them. Never again shall they be two nations. And never again shall they be divided into two kingdoms. They shall never again defile themselves with their idols and their detestable things or with any of their other transgressions. I will save them from the apostasies into which they have fallen and will cleanse them. Then they shall be my people, and I will be their God. My servant David shall be king over them all, and they shall all have one shepherd. They shall follow my ordinances and be careful to observe my statutes. They shall live in the land that I gave to my servant Jacob, in which your ancestors lived, they and their children 
and their children's children shall live there forever. And my servant David shall be their prince forever. I will make a covenant of peace with them. It shall be an everlasting covenant with them. And I will bless them and multiply them. And I will set my sanctuary among them forevermore. My dwelling place shall be with them. And I will be their God. And they shall be my people. Then the nations shall know that I, the Lord, sanctify Israel when my sanctuary is among them forevermore. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Ezekiel uses an object lesson to remind the people of God's covenant. He's taken the ordinary, some broken sticks, and reminds them of the work that God is doing, because God is not done. In binding together those sticks, God is sending a message that though you feel broken down, though you feel scattered, I have not finished my good work. I'm going to bring you out of your isolation. I'm going to reunite you. I'm going to unify you. And most of all, through it all, I will be with you. This prophetic, symbolic action is a reminder to the people that God is still working. And if it was true for the people of Israel scattered across the lands, it's true for us today worshiping in our homes. God is still working, and we are still the church. Even though I miss getting to hug your neck after the Sunday service or share a meal with you in the fellowship hall on Wednesday nights, I'm confident that we are still the church. And I think it's the language that we just read from Ezekiel that gives me that confidence. You see, at the end of the explanation about these two sticks that have become one, God reminds the people of the covenant that has been made. An everlasting covenant. In verse 27, it goes on to say, I will bless them and multiply them and will set my sanctuary among them forever. I want us to think about that word sanctuary for a moment because it's where God has been calling me to hope and action as I read this text. One of the reasons I think many of us have maybe struggled with the continued virtual worship is because we miss being able to come into this sanctuary. For some, when we think of the word sanctuary, it's a specific place. That gathering space at 2200 North Meridian Road, where our children were baptized, where we celebrated the life of someone we loved after their passing, where we gather Sunday after Sunday for worship. How can we still be the church when we're not in the sanctuary together? For many, sanctuary is a specific place. In our culture, sanctuary has come to mean something else. Oftentimes, you'll hear that word bird sanctuary 
and think of a safe haven for endangered species. We hear talk of sanctuary cities and think of a refuge for those people who do not have the privilege of documentation. For many, the word sanctuary has come to mean refuge, a safe place. Neither of these understandings of sanctuary are wrong. But I want us to consider that God might be calling us in this season where we're learning to rethink how we do so many things in life, such as going to work or school. I wonder if we might rethink what it means for us to be among God's sanctuary. Or better yet, for God's sanctuary to be among us. That word sanctuary, when it's used in the passage we just read, literally means to be holy. To be holy, not to be gathered, not to be safe. To be holy. Holiness is that quality of being set apart, and it's what we strive for as Christians. Holiness is that quality that we get from being made in God's image. But if I understand Ezekiel's message, it's not contingent on how good we can be, but rather, it's simply the gift of God in us. God is promising to dwell among us, for the sanctuary of God to be in our midst, for us to be made holy. For people to be holy through the indwelling of the Spirit is the message that we hear in Ezekiel. This is sanctuary. God among us and in us, reflecting that holiness. So we experience sanctuary when we recognize that holy space within ourselves and in those around us. We don't have to be in a particular place, but rather simply acknowledge the holiness of God in our midst. That is sanctuary. This is the message of prophet Ezekiel for us today. If God can make a sanctuary in the diaspora after the destruction of Jerusalem, then surely God can make a sanctuary in the pandemic people of faith. And so, what does that look like? For God's sanctuary to be in our midst, for us to embody that holiness, for us to be set apart. Like the sticks in Ezekiel's lesson, I think one of the ways we embody holiness is by striving for unity. Unlike the people of Israel, It's not a hundred and hundreds of miles that separate us, but there is so much that divides us these days. One of the participants who attended this week's parlor gatherings named it well when she was sharing about the darkness we experience in our world. She named that election season seems to bring out the worst in people on social media and the way that people talk to one another and how people dismiss and write off one another. If God's sanctuary is among us, if we embody that holiness, we also 
have to recognize that holiness in others, even when they don't believe like we do, even when they don't vote like we do, even when they don't look like we do. Then God's sanctuary will be among us. God's holiness will radiate through us. God's sanctuary is made when young and old are recognized as holy. When natives and immigrants are honored as holy. When black and white are recognized as holy. When Republicans and Democrats are honored as holy. You see, in honoring the other as holy and opening ourselves up to unity, not uniformity, we experience sanctuary. We experience God's dwelling place right where we are. Another way we can experience sanctuary right where we are is by being unified in heart. I experienced this firsthand this week, even as we're scattered across our city. You see, our church has a prayer chain email list. There's about 150 folks on it who periodically get an email when a church member notifies the office that they'd like prayers. And so when my dad had to unexpectedly undergo surgery this week, I asked Renee to send out a message to the prayer chain. And like that, messages began to roll in with prayers for my father. In that moment, there could have been no more holy place for me than to know that our hearts were joined together in prayer. In that moment, I know God's sanctuary was among us. I know that God's sanctuary was in you, and it was in me. If you'd like to take part in allowing that holy space to be created for others, you can go to our website and sign up to pray for one another. Even now, as we are scattered across this city, we are still church, and God's sanctuary is among us. The most powerful part of Ezekiel's message is that this idea of sanctuary, of a holy space, isn't just for us. Ezekiel finishes out this prophetic action by saying, Then the nations shall know, I the Lord sanctify Israel, when my sanctuary is among them forever. This gift of God at work in and among us through prayer, through dialogue with those who would seem to be other, through honoring the holy in our midst, is a message to the world. May we as individuals, may we as the congregation of Faith Presbyterian, live as a people of hope, who know without a doubt that God is in our midst, that God's sanctuary dwells in each of us. And may that holiness radiate in such a way that others experience God's presence too. We are still church.
to the glory of God. 